0: UFO thinker podcast hello and welcome back to the UFO thinker podcast I'm your host Frank and today I'm going to go into some some more general thoughts really about where I'm up to. On, on the topic of, of UFOs at the moment. My last episode was basically a complete let's throw caution to the wind and do some crazy speculation and, and think about things and really think outside the box. And I'm definitely planning on doing some more of those episodes uh, in the future. But this, this one's going to be a little bit of a bit more balance, unleashing a little bit of my inner uh, skeptic and and thinking about things a little bit more how the land lies at the moment, with my thinking on the topic, and and um, some thoughts about about that kind of thing, really. And um, I'm going to start off before I get into that though with a little bit of a, a summary about the recent white water photographs released by Jeremy Corbell. So, again, anyone who's already interested interested in this topic, if you're active on UFO Twitter, you've probably already seen. What I'm talking about, but just in case anybody's not up to speed with that. Um, so, Jeremy Corbell, 15th June, releases a post uh, on Twitter saying, Could this be the water disturbance from the tic tac UFO encounter 40 minutes before Commander Fravor engaged a UFO for the military? This was put up on Reddit two hours ago and then deleted 10 minutes ago. This coordinate, date, and time is consistent with Commander Fravor's encounter so first of all this is huge if it's true but therein kind of lies the problem because we don't really know if it is true we and it just seems like a bit of a bolt from the blue really this no pun intended because obviously the picture is is the blue sea um but it it just seems a little bit more off the cuff than his usual uh data that, that that corbell releases and uh very difficult first of all to actually see what it is um and i i just think that there's not really much you can really take from it conclusively a little bit frustrating if i'm honest um it's one of those you know huge if it's true but it's a big if and and it could be so many there could be so many explanations for it and there's not really that much clarity there And it does seem a little bit out of character, really, considering the really, really strong provenance of anything that Corbell has posted recently. Um, And, yeah, I think possibly the kind of thing that that Corbell in particular, because he has this reputation of releasing things with extremely, uh, you know, accurate provenance and with you know he's talked in the past about having spent years sitting on a video before releasing it to make sure that everything is absolutely bulletproof about that video and this seems a little bit not along those lines now it's one of them what does what does jeremy Corbell do at the position that he's in not release anything unless he's got absolutely solid information to back it up or does he release things like this which just pop up on Reddit and, you know, maybe it's interesting, maybe it's not and Post-it? It's a difficult one. And I've, I've seen a lot of comments on UFO Twitter kind of people saying either way. I kind of think that maybe Corbell should have been a bit more hesitant with this particular post because it just feeds into, you know, Mick West and all the various conspiracy theorists, um, debunkers and um, sceptics. kind of just feeds into them... And and it kind of almost makes the the good evidence not seem as compelling if, if you release things without too much provenance there behind it. But on the other hand, the curious part of my brain thinks, yeah, man, just release anything. <laughs> anything that anything that pops up, I want to see it, you know, just in case. But it's it's a it's a bit of a dilemma, really. I've been thinking about it a bit and I don't really know what to make of it. But the one thing that you that you have to say really about that particular photograph is it's really interesting but it's unfortunately not really bulletproof it's it's it's, it's kind of a wow if it's true but it's a, big, it's a bit a little bit too much of a big if unfortunately for for my liking um but then again you know jeremy Corbell's just a person like any of us surely it's his right to post something if he finds it interesting why not um and and one thing that i'd thought is that it actually could be that there is a bit more to it so maybe he's had a tip off from somebody who is in the know who can actually, who has actually confirmed it privately to him that it is genuine and maybe warned him in advance that this thing was going to be posted on Reddit and then deleted so that he could then post it on his Twitter account so it's a very um, very tricky one to really kind of wrap your head around as to how seriously to take it, what you can actually take, it, take away from it Uh, I think um, overall I'm glad that it was posted but I would like to see as much thought as possible go into the things that that Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp post because these these two guys have become the the main source for really really valuable bits of leaked information and yeah I, I just hope that there's plenty more of that to come really and it's going to be less like the white water photographs and more like some of the other recent leaks but anyway that that kind of leads me back on to um, what I was going to be talking about for the majority of this episode which is just uh, generally thinking about the topic and where my head's at with it at the moment I mean I come at this from the point of view of somebody who's fascinated by this topic and recently over the last you know year or two I've been kind of getting more and more obsessed with it it's I listen to a lot of podcasts and I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast all the time but recently I found myself just every time I see a Joe Rogan podcast pop up and it's a comedian or something I've been thinking oh man (laughs) come on where's the Lou Elizondo episode with Joe Rogan you know and I just can't wait to hear more from from the big the sort of the big players in the UFO world and and I'm just hungry for more information about this it's just so compelling but I feel like there's more compelling information to come and uh yeah I mean that was kind of one of the reasons for me starting a podcast I mean I'm just so hungry for information and trying to listen to podcasts all the time about this topic and uh I thought one way to kind of help digest all the information is to have my own podcast and kind of talk it through um but i think one of the things that's particularly frustrating about about the topic and and it has been more more frustrating than it is now in the past um like i remember years ago looking into this topic and just being really frustrated that i couldn't quite get to the real scientific element of the topic and proper scientific proof and things you you're you watching a documentary and you know it seems quite promising for the first 15-20 minutes and then they start throwing things out there which are just completely not believable and and it just goes into the realms of speculation and fiction and one of the things in particular is that the issue of putting trust in a particular person so when i've looked into this issue in the past as i say I constantly come up against people who ask for a lot of trust to believe what they're saying without really offering that much in the way of evidence and sadly that's just not scientific i mean it's it's like the the saying you know cool story bro you know it might be a cool story it might actually be a really interesting story to listen to but You know, if if you're really trying to get to the bottom of this, because, I mean, we're talking about a topic here which could be the most important thing that's ever happened to human beings. So I just, I get so hungry for real proof. You know, when you see tantalising things like the the Nimitz case and the, the sheer amount of people that have come out from the military, from the intelligence services over the last few years, saying that there's more to this thing and it should be taken seriously. I really want serious um, bits of evidence i want things that are going to be more compelling than anything i've ever seen before and what i don't really want is just somebody saying i saw this this thing this one time without too much more evidence to back it up and you, you've got to have multiple witnesses you've got to have some kind of radar um data also backed up by video evidence also backed up by four or five witnesses who are very highly credible witnesses as well it's so important and that's what's so compelling about the nimitz case but i remember reading about triangles emerging from water years ago i remember i remember actually i was on a particular flight going on holiday and i downloaded loads of documents and loads of people and information uh, loads of people's stories and recollections of, of things during the the um project blue book times and various other um big long articles about various things to do with ufos and and i remember hearing this this particular testimony about this guy who said that he was um on a battleship and literally saw a triangle emerging from from the water and um i remember seeing one thing on youtube of a guy saying that he had radiation burns from being near to a craft in area 51 and and don't get me wrong I was on that flight I was fascinated and um, it was great to read but it's fascinating if true and again that's such a big if it's very very difficult to really take that on board as anything more than a cool story. Now obviously a lot of the guys who have been telling these stories and I say telling these stories I don't mean that in a derogatory way that it's just fairy tale stuff because some of it may not be but a lot of these guys uh, who were putting this information out there I'll put it that way years ago were also at the same time selling books or selling tickets to shows where they were going to talk about um, the, 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 the tales of, of things that had happened to them and that was obviously a major source of you know not making you take that person so seriously because if somebody's trying to make profit off the thing somebody's trying to get you to buy the book it's obviously going to be a lot more likely that they're going to ham up the story a little bit make it a little bit more entertaining and that i don't want that i mean again i might read the story even if i think that it's absolute nonsense i mean i like watching science fiction films i like watching all kinds of different films and none of those well a lot of those are not based on any kind of a fact so i might still like to to actually read the story or to hear the story but what i'm really hungry for is proper fact proper scientific evidence of, of these things and um as much as back in the day people were releasing books and, and selling tickets to shows to hear them talk about these things there was a distinct lack of of fact and evidence behind it unfortunately. Now, this has changed a bit in recent years because I think there's a lot of people with incredible accounts who don't appear to be selling something. And I think a lot of this is because of the internet. I mean, obviously, if we go back 15, 20 years ago to when I was in in my early teens, there was no internet. So these stories, these accounts would it'd be very very hard to to actually be able to get any of these accounts you know you'd have to rely on people who did real kind of boots on the ground research as it were um, actually going to track people down who had these accounts to tell and then write compile them into a book and then release the book and and obviously back then people didn't have phones so we were kind of if that's that was always the frustration with this topic we were anybody who was trying to look into it you have to the only thing that was there was people's accounts because there was no footage because unless you had some kind of really complicated camera setup no way you're going to be able to record the thing and there was no photographs and there was no even if the even if there was it's very difficult to get hold of them because there was no internet like there is now but i think one of the things that's changed is the internet and the technology available in mobile phones etc and now a lot come what comes along with that as well is this sense of community online so you, there's communities of all kinds of things and then very sort of niche hobbies and interests and um, can become thriving communities online i watch a guy on youtube for example who talks about lawn maintenance I mean, it's one of the the geekiest niche topics you could imagine. But a lot of people have a lawn, I suppose, at the end of the day. But this guy really goes into serious detail about exactly how to look after a lawn. And there's another guy that I watch who talks about aquariums. That's probably a lot more niche because less people have aquariums. But he's got millions of subscribers on YouTube now. So what I'm trying to say is it's the same with the UFO community it's now so much easier for people to get together and talk about experiences that they've had or talk about experiences that other people have had. And obviously that's a big coming together of people interested in the topic. Now, this is a beautiful thing, but it comes with certain pitfalls as well. I mean, there's a very real danger of people who have had a bad time in their life or whatever, or just felt a bit of an outcast and and they want to feel a part of something and maybe had a passive interest in the topic in the past but now it feels like all of a sudden the part of a movement part of a community and this is great but the movement has to be pushing for truth and scientific evidence of this and not just seeking to confirm existing beliefs and i mean it's you've got to kind of accept the reality that there's going to be some people who are going to want to feel a part of a community and maybe they have had an experience but the retelling of that experience becomes more and more dramatic and some of the details get enhanced a little bit in order to become a really interesting account which is going to be taken on board by the community and a lot of witness sightings can be susceptible to being influenced by that feeling i think and we've got to be aware of that really but one example is I saw a tweet. This is a, again something I saw on Twitter, and it was nothing actually, nothing to do with the UFO topic. It was something unrelated, which I won't go into. But somebody had posted something saying, "Blah blah 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 blah. This is my opinion, and no one can convince me otherwise." And they were saying that as though it was a good thing. Um, you know, this is what I think, and no one convinced me otherwise. But that's not a good thing because I mean, nobody nobody can convince you otherwise not even if they have blatant facts and you know extremely compelling information to say that your point is not not correct nobody can convince you even in that case and it just kind of shows that mentality it kind of shows that perhaps people are very susceptible when they feel part of a community to kind of defend that community and the way that that community thinks till the end till the bitter end even if the facts are actually against them and i think that's something that i have noticed with the ufo community and and various other communities to do with paranormal things in general and that's what i want to avoid about the ufo world and like i've said before i'm coming at this from the point of view of i don't consider myself to be Well, I don't want to say I don't consider myself to be a believer because really the things I've seen over the last year or two, I would say I definitely believe that there are things going on. But until we absolutely definitively have seen things that make us without a doubt believe that this is extraterrestrial, we can't just believe that because we think that's what the community thinks or anything like that. We have to be looking for something more and as humans we are tribal and subconsciously we can definitely want to feel a part of something and go along with what the community think about certain things and blah 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 and that is a danger as well as being you know like i said a a beautiful thing people coming together is a great thing but there are certain pitfalls that come along with that and all of that being said that kind of leads me to a few elements of the phenomenon which i do struggle with a little bit and obviously this is one of those things i have days where i'm absolutely convinced that there is extraterrestrial life and you know why does anybody argue that that's not the case and then i have other days where i the inner skeptic comes out and i start thinking ah well you know maybe it's not the case uh you know maybe this whole thing is just you know Embellishments of the truth and so on and so on. And uh, I don't really know where exactly I stand on it, but I think that's probably a good thing because you don't want to be convinced. You don't want to be like that tweet that I saw where people are literally saying nothing can convince me otherwise. I mean, I, I would say the exact opposite. Like, if you've got information, then that's definitely going to convince me otherwise. But bring that information on because that's what I want you know if you've got information that can prove to me without any doubt that that something is the case then let's 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 go into that you know that's what I want to know so again I'm not going to call out any individuals because I do think that most people have good intentions in this field I mean I've again UFO Twitter bit of a mixed bag of, of individuals on there um, but I've had positive experiences so far my interactions with people generally have been been cool I've seen a few other things other people's interactions which are perhaps not so cool but I'm really trying to stay out of all that last thing I want to be doing is I'm a grown man don't want to be hurling abuse at people on hurling abuse at people on twitter <laughs> it's just I've got better things to do with my time Um so last thing I want to do is start slating people individual people but these are studies or issues not people so there's nothing personal about anything that i'm talking about with these following points it's purely the actual case how compelling is the case how compelling is the evidence and and that kind of thing so like i said some of these following points are going to be things that i've come across in the topic that i'm struggling with so some of these things might be things that i find fascinating But frustrating at the same time. So first one. Is Skinwalker Ranch. Now. I've watched both seasons. And found it. Don't get me wrong. I I liked watching it. Otherwise I wouldn't have watched the entire seasons of the thing. It was interesting. um, But I also found it pretty frustrating at the same time. Because. I do understand there may be certain things that they can't reveal due to certain reasons. But, like, to put it bluntly, where is the evidence? I mean, we're hearing here that, you know, everybody involved has seen things. I remember hearing... And um, one of the people involved in the show saying that they saw a thirty foot object fl- floating above the farmhouse and things like that and they're saying they're seeing these things every day, and there was other people who have gone to the ranch and literally within a few hours of being there they've seen something and it' just it's a bit of a tough one to swallow that we've got so little photographic evidence. Surely the first thing you would do in that situation is rig up cameras on every single area of the property and then just monitor the skies 24 7 until you see something i mean again and i'm saying this with love i enjoyed watching it but i was just hoping for something more i mean there's definitely something weird going on but again i go back to what i was saying earlier we have to push for and demand more credible evidence it kind of seem it gets to a point where it starts to feel a bit patronizing two whole seasons of not really a lot actually being revealed at the end of the day I mean obviously there were certain things on the um, on on the seasons that that kind of stood out There was the one of the cow with the the little dot in the sky that appeared and and the cow was um reacted to it and so on yeah I mean it's so inconclusive it could have been so many things. It's not really the kind of evidence that I'm talking about, and there was the other times where people started to feel unwell, and there was um, uh, a case in particular where uh, the, I remember that the mobile phones and everything, everybody's mobile phones, um, batteries, um, you know, all drained all at the same time and things like that. Again, sounds like something weirds going on, but if something is really that weird. And it seems to me that a lot of the people involved are saying that they have seen things which, without any doubt, you know, prove that there is some kind of crafts flying over the place all the time and things like that. And, and these really, really clear why is it that the only clear thing that you can bring to the table is that people have seen things and said that they've seen things? It's just very tough for me to accept somebody has seen something and oh yeah this person who you don't know who uh, is, is in, the sh- in the show has seen this thing and he said it was amazing yeah but it's like I need more than that I can't just have somebody saying I saw this amazing thing I need to see it with my own eyes and I mean this is something I think that you know is one of those things It within this topic you do have to you do have to accept that there's going to be a certain amount of evidence that is purely just witness testimony but that that that's my frustration with the skinwalker ranch thing if it really is that mind-blowing and there's things going on there that are just unbelievable that the likes of which we've never seen before and all the things that they say when they, they're hyping it up where's this evidence then you know surely you must have found something there's been people looking into this place for decades like why have we not got something concrete yet um and in the end just found it quite difficult to watch I mean, part of this as well is the the sensationalist style of editing, and I don't think that that does it any favors. I think when you look at something like the the phenomenon, the film, um, and a lot of to be fair, a lot of Jeremy Carbell's uh, work as well, the tone's just right. I mean, it's there's a bit of that because they're making entertainment at the end of the day; they have to make you know, kind of a bit sensationalist and all the rest of it but i just feel like they get the tone a bit clearer the 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 skinwalker ranch one it's just so dramatic and you know these big kind of like moments where i'll zoom into somebody's face and you know i just find it a bit tough really and and after a while towards the end of it, it did get a bit frustrating and i'm actually really glad by the way that uh the that the uh, Unidentified series is not carrying on because unless they've got, and and I think Llewellyn Zondo himself has said this, unless they've got something radically new to bring to the table, something extremely concrete to bring to the table, they're not going to just keep dragging it out for a third season just because the demand's there. And man, I think that's the right thing to do because even the second season started to go a little bit in that way, I thought. I mean, don't get me wrong, I absolutely loved it and if they made a third season, I'd watch it, but... At the same time, I'm glad that they've taken that approach where when they have got something more concrete to bring to the table, something that will change everything, like the first season did and all the various information that came along around that time, that's when they'll do a third season. But at the moment, um, they don't want to just drag it out for the sake of it. Now, it's just so the right thing to do. Um, And I hope that there's more of that kind of thing going forward. Anyway, so the next point is, um, and yeah, you guys—is there anybody listening? I, I, like I say, I've been quite shocked actually, how many people listen to the the podcast. Um, and uh, if there's anybody listening, I'd love to hear what you guys think of, of Skinwalker Ranch and how it relates to the wider topic and the uh, the phenomenon in general, um, and and also all the things I was talking about with my take on on the on the series. But anyway, next point. So bigfoot and the paranormal in general now when i got into this uh started to really kind of go down the the rabbit hole as it were i didn't really think of anything to do with the rest of the the paranormal as and and ghosts and bigfoot and mediums and consciousness and all the rest of it and when i first heard people talking about that element of 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 the phenomenon I was just turned off from it straight away. It's like I'd already accepted in my own head that ghosts and Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster and all the rest of it were all kind of in the same basket of just stuff that I wasn't going to engage with. It's just fanciful stuff and blah, blah, blah. But I've always been intrigued in those things. I remember as a kid watching a documentary about searching for the Loch Ness Monster and um, unexplained mysteries and things. How can you not be fascinated by that? So I've always been interested in it and the more i go down the rabbit hole of the phenomena ufos the more i can't help but realize how certain elements of unexplained paranormal things seem to be inextricably linked to the wider phenomenon you can't really get away from that i mean it's been hinted by Zondo, and um, there's so many people that have been involved in these cases sean cahill's another one and you can't really ignore people like that when they talk about these things so there's definitely an element of it there but it's just when i've come up when i've looked into these things i've come up with nothing but dead ends over the years i mean you look into bigfoot you you get really fascinated by it but then again it goes back to what i was saying where's the stuff the, the actual tangible evidence that you can go bigfoot's a real a real thing and that's the same on a lot of these topics. It just it, they do seem full of people who are all in and they want to believe and you can't convince them otherwise and that's not the mindset that i want to have the last thing i want to do is to become the, like i've said before the guy on the, that tweeted that thing and um, you can't convince me otherwise because that means as soon as you get to that point you've sealed off your thinking and you've just decided that's your viewpoint and If you really want to be looking at it from a scientific point of view, you can't do that. Um, It may well be that there are links to the phenomenon with a lot of these things, with all of these things. Who knows? But there's just too many leaps of faith involved for me to be able to take some of it seriously at the moment. The consciousness thing, not so much, because I think there's some definite links there the like i was talking about in the previous podcast it could well be that there have been ancient civilizations on this planet who had consciousness-based technologies through meditation that allowed them to do the incredible things that we see on the planet right now and i actually touched on this in a previous podcast and again i don't think i've heard anybody else really talking about this as a possibility but we could be seeing now time travellers from the past who use these consciousness-based technologies to actually travel into the future and that that could be some kind of an explanation it could be extraterrestrial civilizations from the past from millions of years ago the the universe is it involves numbers that we just cannot get our heads around so it could be that billions of years ago there was a civilization that emerged And then they travelled all over the universe, travelled all through different times and then then were wiped out for some reason. Or maybe just ascended to a plane of consciousness where we can't even perceive them anymore. So who knows, I'm definitely, my imagination is pretty vivid as you can probably tell. Um, I'm open to stuff but again there's a difference between that speculation, that wild letting your imagination run wild but then you go, hang on a minute, where's the actual proof that we've got that this is really the case? That's where it gets a bit tough when it comes to those things. I was talking about Bigfoot and Loch Ness Monster. There's too much inconclusive evidence and too many leaps of faith involved. Leaps of faith is is a tough thing to do. So, next point then. Um, CE5. So, again... Everybody probably know what that is already, but just in case anybody doesn't, close encounters of the fifth kind. So, in other words, close encounters that are actually initiated by humans reaching out through consciousness, meditation, to actually be able to contact intelligences from other realms, other dimensions, other planes of existence, however you want to think of it. Now, this is one of the more intriguing things that i found hard to swallow at first not gonna lie as soon as i heard about it i was like what is this like this isn't what i signed up for you know my initial thinking was about nuts and bolts crafts end of i thought right okay um there's aliens from another space you know another um um, galaxy whatever have got this technology and they're flying here and that's the end of it but it's like anything in life nothing's ever that simple is it and the more I've looked into the topic, the more I start to go, hmm, okay. But the problem is, as always, is that there's no real evidence and there's loads of leaps of faith involved. And one thing I'm trying to get my head around with this is why is there no evidence? Now, again, I'm quite new on the CE5 topic. So if again, I'd love to hear if anybody knows more about this, especially because of what I'm about to go into in a minute. But is it that it doesn't work when it's being filmed. Do people not film specifically because they worried that if they do film, it won't actually, they won't be able to reach any any intelligences in in other realms and things like that. Is it that if you film, like for example, there's a few people who have who I've heard talking about this. Again, not wanting to shine a light on anybody's name and and call people out or anything, but I've heard people talking about manifesting of orbs and energies and things like that so if you can sit down meditate and create orbs in the sky why would you not film that is that a conscious decision to not film it because you don't want the filming to get in the way of the process is it because it would be disrespectful in some way to the, the entities or is it simply because you try, if you if you if you have a camera set up it nothing shows on the camera that's what i'm i'm trying to kind of get my head around with this thing at the moment and i mean even if even if say for example that third one is the case so you film the goings-on nothing shows up on the camera but you see it and you you actually see an object in the sky that could actually be just as fascinating as if you film it and it appears on the camera because maybe that's that means that you alone can see the thing when it manifests. Maybe it purely is the power of the human mind to actually be able to create things, that orbs of energy that fly around you that nobody else can see. I mean, that is, is amazing and fascinating, even if it's completely unrelated to any kind of extraterrestrial activity or anything to do with UFOs. Still pretty fascinating to me. And I think what I'm actually going to do is... I'm going to put it to the test. I'm going to actually do it. I'm going to dive in and I'm going to try for a period of time, maybe a month or longer, depending on... I need to do a lot more research before I get into this fully and and commit to it. But um, I will do it. And let's have a go. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen? Well... (laughs) it depends how crazy you want to let your imagination run wild but if I open a portal into some kind of other horrible dimension then fall into it and that's the end of me then if you don't see any more podcasts popping up you'll know that that's happened (laughs) but um, I was thinking um, I'm definitely going to to try it because the, the kind of the worst that could happen I guess is that nothing happens and it's boring and just nothing happens and that's the end of that and it was a failure but at least I know that I had a go of it and i'm not going to film it but i am going to get into it i'm going to give it a proper go and that's going to consist of me properly researching it trying to find all the information about how to do it right and yeah I, and i'm planning on keeping the anybody who's listening to the podcast keeping you up to date with how it goes and we'll see what happens uh, and i'm hoping something amazing is going to happen but we'll obviously find out so kind of to wrap up a little bit then f- and finish this off i think again another thing uh, that i find troubling about the the, the topic and, and the world of, of ufos that i seem to have found myself falling into or, or that i have dived into really um is the cult of personality around certain figures in the community now i get it it makes sense and some people are deservedly seen as legends of the community legends of the ufo world and, and so on and one of the initial things i've mentioned this in previous podcasts but one of the things that first got me into the, the topic was when i was a kid i had a book by arthur c clark and it was all about unexplained unusual things that that, that humans couldn't really understand and Arthur C. Clarke was kind of a legend and he wrote a book that got me interested in this whole thing. So I, I, I'm not saying everybody who's, who's kind of a seen as a legendary figure is, is, is a bad thing or anything. But at the same time, I have a bit of trouble with certain people. Again, don't want to start slating people and calling out individual names. But let's be honest, if you've been in this topic for 20 years how on earth do you have zero proper evidence to actually put on the table and say this is the best evidence that i've got so far and it's just literally nothing like i don't understand how that can be the case the same thing with people who claim to have materials of crashed craft now if you've got a material of crashed craft and, ...or some kind of meta-materials... Or, ...or any of these kind of exotic materials... ...that are talked about... ...that the government supposedly has... ...that Lou Elizondo and others have, have hinted at... ...or outright said... ...that the government have got... ...now the government thinks different... ...because they have to keep that secret... ...because it's classified... ...and um, all the rest of it... ...so I'm not talking here about the government as such... ...and I do think there's a very strong possibility... ...that that could exist... ...Lou Elizondo and others put a lot of stock into those people very very credible people who've got a very strong track record of making sense um and you know that that's a separate issue but other people researchers in this field some of whom are seen as legends and things like that if you've got material like that every time i've seen somebody asked about it it is it's currently being investigated in a lab or it's been investigated and the results were inconclusive now come on if you've got those kind of materials you've got to get the analysis done first before you write a book about it before you go on a podcast and talk about it before you give an interview with a news source you can't have some material that you found that somebody has said to you wow this is some amazing material if you then start talking about it like it's probably an alien from an alien craft or something like that and you've not had your analysis done yet, that is not the right order of doing things. Surely, if I found something wild in my back garden, I wouldn't start just tweeting about it saying it was from some kind of wild source. First thing you do is is do your analysis and get the thing figured out and make sure that it's backed up by serious experts in that field and that it is undeniably not from this world or etc and then come out because then surely that would be the one of the biggest news things that we've ever seen in human history and it just seems to be that every time i hear of these kind of things somebody's got materials of some type or whatever it might be where's the analysis why is it not that you do the analysis first and again it's one of those things that i have a lot of frustration with i just think it'd be so much it pushed the thing forward so much more if the analysis was done right and it was done properly and it was done before announcements got made i think that's you know my humble opinion that's what we need to be doing and difficult when people seem to believe these experts these researchers whatever based on reputation and legendary status rather than the actual evidence and it, it kind of goes back to what i was saying earlier on like i'm not going to attack an individual person i'm going to attack specific th- ways of thinking or a theory or a certain case because i'm not going to say that somebody's an idiot or something like that because i'm sure this person's not an idiot any of these people that that are involved in the topic are probably not idiots you know maybe there's a few that are but you know on the whole i'm not talking about an individual person i mean i've seen um a lot of people slate mick west for example again i not not specifically mentioning mick west to to slate him because i find some of the things that he says quite interesting you can't really say that Mick West is an idiot. You might think that his take on a particular thing when he dismisses it as a seagull or a balloon or whatever, you might say that that theory is, is, is an idiotic theory or it's, it's, it's completely ridiculous to say that. But, you know, obviously the right thing to do in that situation is not to slate Mick West as a guy because I only heard the other day that he made the, the Tony Hawk Pro Skater game. Now, he can't be an idiot if he made that game because that game was incredible. But... Yeah, it's, it's like the idea, not the person. But also, you know, when you actually, when you're looking at things from the, the flip side of that as well, is believe the idea, not the person. So don't just believe the person because the person is supposedly this amazing guy and, you know, that has this cult personality around them. They're a legend, so it must be true what they're saying. We need to try and abandon that. And just look at the actual idea. What What's the evidence this person's putting forward? Um, or oh, they've been in the field for 20 years. Doesn't matter. What's the evidence they're putting forward at this moment in time? What's the, the, the actual thing that we're discussing right now? You know, we need to separate the idea from the person who's putting the idea forward. And I think that's one of the key things that I've been trying to think about myself when I've been analysing various things. And yeah hopefully i'm going to kind of keep going forward with that and anything that seems intriguing delve into it more try and get to the bottom of it and hopefully that's that's going to uh, reveal some more answers as we go along but yeah make sure we look at the evidence make sure we look at the skies and uh hope you guys have enjoyed listening to this podcast and see you in the next one
1: UFO Thinker Podcast